out of season to sing that hymn, but it's one of my favorites, and I was singing it this past week, and I remember that they were having Christmas in July at camp this year, so I thought, well, we can sing that hymn. It's, all, it's true all year, so I thought it would be good for us. So, um, Thank you for, for being here tonight. Thank you to the session, uh, giving me the opportunity to come and bring the Word of, of God before you before we come to prayer. I'd ask that you'd open with me to 2 Corinthians, the epistle of Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And as you're turning there, just before we read, we'll pray and just ask the Lord's blessing upon our gathering this evening. Our Father in heaven, we come before thee in Jesus' name, and we give thee thanks for the wonderful hymn that we have just sang, and the truth that is so, so well written in it, Lord, every line so full of wonderful gospel truth. We thank you, Lord, that thou hast sent thy Son, thou hast conquered death, thou hast conquered sin, thou hast conquered Satan. We thank thee that we come before a sin-conquering God tonight. We thank thee that we come to one who is able to keep us from falling, that we can come together as thy people this night and seek your face in prayer. We thank thee that we can have the word of God open before us with the liberty to read it and to have it preached to us. And Lord, we just praise you for giving us this opportunity to come before thee and pray. And we ask that you would meet with us that thy presence would be known by every one of us here. That there would be no coldness in our hearts. So often there's that coldness in our hearts, Lord, when we come to this place. We ask that you would free us from coldness, that you would warm us, Lord, that you'd give us a desire to pray, that you'd give us burdens to pray over, that you'd help us to, to know the will of God that we are to pray tonight. That you'll give us wisdom to help us know how to pray for the work of God. So Lord, hear us, receive our thanks, bless the word of God to us. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll begin reading in verse 8. The Apostle Paul says there, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us, ye also helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. The text that I want to bring before you tonight is found in verse 11. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. 
It's a wonderfully encouraging text for us to consider before we come to the place of prayer. And the words there are a testimony to the effectiveness of prayer as a means by which the Corinthian church was able to help the Apostle Paul and others in the work of God. You see there in the text, ye also helping together by prayer for us. And we can see that meaning if we just break down the text. We can see that the Apostle Paul is dressing a a group of people, a congregation of believers. We see there that it is a congregational labor that they were in. It says, ye also helping together. Ye together helping by prayer for us. It's a congregational labor that they were engaged in. And it was also a united labor. Ye also helping together by prayer. That word together, having the sense that they were, they were agreeing to come together and, and pray for the servants of God, particularly the Apostle Paul. So it's a congregational labor. It is a united labor. And it is an effective labor. Because the Apostle Paul says there, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, ye also helping So we see that prayer actually helps. It is not just a a formality that that we go through as a part of the Christian life. But Paul says that these believers were actually helping together by prayer. And we see also that it is a vicarious labor. Because the Apostle Paul says that ye also helping together by prayer for us. It was prayer that was made in behalf of the Apostle Paul and his fellow laborers. You can imagine that it was felt prayer. That it was prayer made in behalf of the Apostle Paul and his laborers, knowing what they may have been facing. If anybody knew the Apostle Paul for any length of time, they knew how often he was in dangers, how often he was in a situation where his life might be taken in an instant. And so he thanks these believers for helping, for really helping the work of God by prayer. You see in verse 8 where we began reading, it gives us further proof for this, this effectiveness of prayer by which the Corinthian church help the work of God. For he says that we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. And then he says that they were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that they despaired even of life. And they had the sentence of death in themselves that they should not trust in themselves, but in God which raiseth the dead. And he says that God delivered them Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver? And he says that he's going to trust God to deliver them even yet again. But then he says, what we read in verse 11, you also helping. He actually says that these believers helped God deliver the Apostle Paul and his laborers by prayer. Let that sink in. Just for a minute. That you and I, every believer, 
actually can labor in prayer and help God. That is very humbling to me that God would give us such a privilege. And so, as I said, these words are a testimony to the effectiveness of prayer. And I've brought your attention here this evening because I want you to see that congregational prayer specifically is not a waste of time. It's rather of the utmost importance in helping the servants of God in the work of God. Today, across our land and in many lands, the corporate prayer meeting is viewed by many as merely optional or even as unnecessary. Yet you can see from this text that believers coming together to pray is essential to the work of God's servants. It's not something that can just be cast by the wayside. It's essential to the work of God. And I think sometimes we can become disillusioned to think that us just coming together week by week is just something that we do. But it's not. It's not just something that's that's a part of of a church's life. It's crucial to the advance of the gospel. It's crucial to the work of God that his servants are engaged in. I want you to see that the prayer meeting of the church is not something that can just simply be cast by the wayside, as so many do in our day. It's rather the heartbeat of the local church. And as it has been said, you can check the pulse of a church by seeing whether or not the people meet to pray. Spurgeon said that prayer meetings are the throbbing machinery of a church. They're what keeps things going. The throbbing machinery of a church. And therefore it is in the light of this text that I want you to consider helping the work of God by prayer. Helping the work of God by prayer. The doctrine that I want you to consider from this text, that we can believe based on this text, is that prayer is an effective means by which a believer can greatly help the work of God. That's what we should believe based on this text. Prayer is effective, and any believer can help the work of God by prayer. I want you to notice first that Prayer is effective because it has been ordained so by God. Prayer is effective because it has been ordained so by God. We read in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. the Lord says there, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. If my people which are called by my name. Shall humble themselves and pray. Ask the Lord ordaining prayer. As this effective means. And it delights God. For prayer to be this means. For his people to use. 
to see the work of God go forward. To see souls saved. To see the servants of God helped in their work. To see missionaries work on the field. Be prospered and advanced. To see ministers work in the pulpit. Be blessed and owned of God. And to have the Spirit of God attend the preaching of the Word. Prayer has been ordained by God for those very ends. So it's an effective means because it has been ordained so by God. And prayer is effective because of the merit of Christ. It's not just that these believers were praying with with all their might based on their own merit. You and I know that. But we should always remember when we come to this place of prayer and as we think of the fact that Prayer actually helps, ye also helping together by prayer for us, that it's prayer made based on the merits of Christ in His name through His blood. The Lord Jesus told us in John 14, 13 through 14, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. In his name, not in our name, but in his name. The Lord Jesus gives us that access that we need to the throne of God. That we can be a help to the servants of God. That's why we read in Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore, verse 16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy And find grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. That grace that helps in the time of need comes through prayer. Comes through going to the throne of grace to obtain that help. And so we come back to this text in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 1. Ye also helping together by prayer. The Lord administering His grace through the praying of His people. Which then gives help to the servants of God in their work. So you see that it's effective because God ordained it to be so. It's effective based on the merits of Christ. And I want you to see that its effectiveness is evident in the life of the Apostle Paul. See, Paul says here, ye also helping together by prayer for us. What else could Paul base that on? Obviously, he's writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. So whatever he says is true, regardless of experience. But stop and think of the life of the Apostle Paul. And as we go through his writings, what do we see? We see that he has an experience that is laced thoroughly by knowing the help that prayer was to him in his times of distress. He experienced That help that prayer provided. And there are three places that I want us to see that from. The first one's here. 
And we've already looked at verses 8 through 10 that give you that background. The Apostle Paul said they were pressed out of measure. Above their strength is the idea there, above strength. Insomuch that we despaired even of life. Close to death they felt. Their experience of this time was that, that we're nearing death. We had the sentence of death in ourselves. He says that God delivered them. And that these believers helped. But it's not only here that we see that testimony of the Apostle Paul. We also see it in Ephesians 6.19. In Ephesians 6.19, the Apostle Paul gives a prayer request to the Ephesian church. I'm sure you all know it very well. He says, we'll read verse 18 as well, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And then he says, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. See, Paul knew the effectiveness of prayer. And so he requests from the Ephesians this prayer that utterance would be given unto him. Not only from the Corinthian church, realizing and experiencing the delivering power of prayer by God's grace, but here we see the fact that he realized the power of God that attended the preaching of the gospel that comes through the prayers of the people of God. And then the other place is Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And here we see, beginning reading in verse 12, Paul says to the Philippian believers, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by, by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Why? Verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul says, as he's sitting in this Philippian jail, and there's the preaching of Christ going on, whether it's out of sincerity or whether it's out of contention, he says that as he sits here and rejoices in the preaching of Christ, he does it based on the knowledge that this, the preaching of Christ, shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. The Apostle Paul knew his deliverance was going to come through the prayers of God's people. His experience gives us, should give us, confidence that we will have the same experience. In whatever trials we may face, 
whatever afflictions may come our way, whatever needs there are in the work of God, that prayer is going to help. It seems that sometimes the last thing we should do is pray seems to be the attitude of some. That we need to get moving, we need to get going, we need to do something about this thing or the other thing. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for, for physical work and there's not a place for going and, and helping people in some other way. But what I'm saying is that prayer is never to be neglected in helping the work of God. And you can see that based on this text. And so there are some applications that I want to bring before you based on this text. The first one being that we should count prayer as a privilege. Based on this text, we should count prayer as a privilege. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. The fact that a mere creature like you or me could help the work of God by prayer is an immense privilege. That any of us, as sinful as we are, as lost as we once were, before Christ brought us out of our darkness and into light, the fact that we can now help the work of God by prayer, us being here tonight, being able to go home and continue to pray, we should remember how much of a privilege that it is. We should also be motivated to pray. We should be motivated to pray based on this text. What other text could give us such practical motivation to pray? I mean, we read in several places of the Bible about the importance of prayer, the nature of prayer, the privilege of prayer, and these various types of things. But here we actually have a text that says that prayer is what helps in the work of God. So what further motivation to pray do we need. Than the Lord actually saying to us. This is how you help. This is how you help my work. Sure there are other ways. But this is going to be the main way. That any believer can help the work of God. It is by prayer. And so as you sit there tonight. And as you pray. Remember. You're not just praying in the wind. You're not just praying to no end. You are praying, and as you're praying, you're helping the work of God. As you pray, you help the work of God. Not only that, but we should give thanks for answered prayers. Didn't really talk about this much at the beginning, but this latter part of the text the Apostle Paul says that ye also helping together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. And the idea is there that as these many were praying for the Apostle Paul, and as this gift of deliverance was bestowed upon the Apostle Paul, then thanks would be given by the many that had been praying Thanks would be given to God. Something we should always remember that 
when we receive these answers to prayer, when we help the work of God by prayer, we receive notice that help has been given, then we should give thanks to God. As one man said, mercies that have been obtained by prayer should be acknowledged with praise. Mercies that have been obtained by prayer should be acknowledged with praise. Let us never forget that. Let us never forget that tonight. Even as we come and pray tonight, what has God answered in your life recently that you can give thanks for? Let us remember that. We should rejoice that we can pray together for the work of God. Not only that we can pray by ourselves, but that we can pray together. These believers were praying together, ye also helping together by prayer for us. And in many places across the world, believers are not able to meet together for prayer right now. I remember several months ago, back when it was still really bad because of COVID, there was a lady on one of Stephen Lee's prayer calls, and she was just lamenting how there was no one willing to meet with her to pray. She lived in California, and things were locked down. You could be fined for going out of your home or some some nonsense such as that. But the point was, and the point is, that she was crushed. She was in tears about the fact that no one would agree to meet with her to pray. And so I say to you that we should rejoice tonight that we can meet together, that we have that liberty, that freedom. And that God's blessed us with the privilege of meeting together to pray tonight. We should also, in light of this text, we should especially pray for our ministers and our missionaries. There are all kinds of things that we can pray about in the prayer meeting. All things that are lawful to pray about in the prayer meeting. But when we come to this verse... You see how crucial it was in the life of the Apostle Paul that the people of God were praying for him. The fact that he says that by prayer he received deliverance. Now we understand that it's not just because we pray, but it's because God answers prayer that he delivered the Apostle Paul. But nevertheless, it stands to reason that had the prayers not been prayed the same event may have not have unfolded the same way. And so as we come to pray tonight, we need to think about the work of God in the life of our ministers and our missionaries. We need to think about all the things that are on their plates. And I've been thinking about our ministers and our missionaries lately and all the various things that they're going through, whether it's because of COVID or just because of where we are in our, in our denomination. But there are some ministers who are the interim moderators of multiple congregations. They have the burdens of their own flock upon them. They have the burdens of other flocks upon them. They're in charge of so many different administrative tasks, not only laboring in the word to preach Christ on the Lord's day, but then all these administrative duties that encompass them. And as I was thinking 
about this. I just wanted to bring it before you tonight to remember them tonight. To pray for them in their labors as they preach the word of God and as they seek to help the people of God. And then as I thought about our, mission, our missionaries and all that they are facing in all the various countries where the restrictions are still in place because of COVID and the various outreaches that they were performing have been taken away from them. And they're having to find all these various different ways to try and, and get around it to get the gospel out to lost sinners. Let us pray for them tonight. Let us help them tonight by prayer. Let us help them in the work of God. Let us help them find different ways that they can get the gospel out. Whether it be through, through reading clubs or, or whatever else. I was encouraged reading through the, uh, the prayer bulletin and the missionary prayer bulletin. The Orozco's work there. How they have these children coming in to learn how to read. And they're using the Bible to do it. Let us pray for, for that kind of opportunity in the works of God that are out there on the mission field and that are out there in our local congregations. Well, they're not local, but the congregations that are out scattered across North America. Let us help the work of God tonight. And the last thing I want to apply from this text is that you can help the work of God from anywhere. You can help the work of God from anywhere. I think especially of people who aren't able to gather with us tonight. Maybe they're watching online. Maybe they're stuck at home for some reason or another. And maybe at some point you will be too. And the fact that when you're there at home, you don't feel like you're, you're very much helping the work of God. You don't feel like you play a very active role, maybe. But right here in this text, you're told that wherever you are, whatever your hindrances may be, you can help the work of God by prayer. You can seek the Lord and help His work. So as we come to pray tonight, I want us to remember these things. I want us to remember that we help by prayer. And there's much help needed in the work of God today. So as we come, let us keep that text before us. Ye also helping together by prayer for us. Brother will come now and lead us in our final hymn.